Welcome to the Building Community Podcast, a show for thought leaders like you. You know that success depends on relationships between your organization and the people in and around it. In our show, I speak with experts about building people networks and engaging community. Together, we share how community helps you reach your corporate goals. I'm your host, Simona Pecha, and I've been empowering organizations for a decade and a half doing exactly that. Ready for it? Listen in as we set out to make communities thrive. Can't really afford not to. That's the advice of Carolyn Norton about funding organizations having an alumni network. In our talk, she shares why and how to go about it. Carolyn is the head of alumni relations at the Coca-Cola Scholars Foundation, the philanthropic arm of the Coca-Cola company. Their alumni network was founded in 1986, way before the internet allowed us to be virtual detectives. Today, they count over 6,400 members. For a funding institution, it is so valuable to look back and to know who you helped and how their lives turned out because of you. And Carolyn's advice? Don't wait. Start your alumni network now. It's never too late. Hi, Carolyn. It's so good to see you again. Thanks for being on the show today. Thank you, Simone. I'm excited to be here. Carolyn, the Coca-Cola Scholars Foundation is a nonprofit entity, and it's funded by the philanthropic arm of the Coca-Cola Company. Everybody knows the Coca-Cola Company, but not everybody knows about its philanthropic efforts. Can you tell us a little bit more? Sure. So we were started in 1986 at Coca-Cola Centennial, and it was a joint effort between the Coca-Cola Company and the Coca-Cola Bottlers. And they decided to come together to support education in this way and create the Scholarship Foundation. And we're underneath the grant side. With these grants you give out scholarships, Carolyn, who applies? Exactly. We give $150,000, $20,000 scholarships to Coke Scholars every year to high-achieving high school seniors. We get about 100,000 online applications at the beginning of their senior year. You, you can only apply at the beginning of your senior year of high school. I know most of our scholars would say they have imposter syndrome all the time, and they think, like, how did I get a Coke scholarship? But you just never know. Your story is just as important as the next. So just try, because it's... Is such a value to be part of this network down the road. You're providing opportunities with your scholarships for those up-and-coming talents of the future. And I know that when we spoke last, you shared with me that while you give scholarships for college, you do much, much more. You stay in touch with them forever. Tell me a little bit more about that philosophy. Our first class of scholars was 1989, and our president at the time, he just had the foresight to, to do this. He knew how important it was going to be to track and engage our scholars from the beginning. And so we like to say we, we give scholarship money, and that's the most important because we're helping them with their education. But from there, we like to stay in touch with them as long as they will let us. That was at a time when nobody talked about community yet. That was quite forward and innovative. 
and it was more than 30 years ago. It's, it's unique in that sense. I think more and more people are realizing it now. Goodness. Today we know about the immense value of alumni networks for any type of organization, especially nonprofits. For them, it's so key to stay in touch with their most important stakeholders. But then again, nonprofits are also very often short on time, short on staff, short on funds. Money's always tight, right? They think that they cannot put in the time and the effort it takes to build an alumni network. Or at least many of them think so. What is it that you tell them? You're giving money to these high achieving students and the best and the brightest in many cases. You need to know where they're going in life. We have a U.S. Senator, two Miss Americas, members of Congress and mayors and Broadway playwrights and Pulitzer Prize winners and medical professionals that are saving lives every day and military folks. We need to know where they're going and have a relationship with them. And so I always tell organizations can't really afford not to because think about the value that it brings back to your organization and to their lives to continue. The money is amazing, but Mm -hmm. we've got to continue those relationships. You're referencing publicity here, the connection with alumni who have something to say in the public's eye. So for you, the value that you get from keeping in touch with your alumni goes way beyond the typical donations, the volunteer hours, the mentorship they provide. How would you describe the specific value for the Coca-Cola Foundation? Your scholars are, they're broadcast towers and ambassadors for your program. And for us, we fall under the Coca-Cola company. So we have that name in front of us. And so when they speak about the Scholars Foundation, mm-hmm. it's a, they're almost like brand ambassadors for the Coca-Cola company as well in many ways. So branding is a part of it. They're speakers for our events and they're on our selection committees. Mm-hmm. They help us choose our next class of scholars, which is so important. It's really when things come full circle. Tell me more. Many of them are influencers and have a national voice. And a great example of that was Christopher Gray, one of our 2010 scholars, was on ABC Shark Tank, pitching to the sharks one day, and we're all watching it. He created the Scholly app. Okay. It's one of the top scholarship search engines, in a sense. And he was pitching it to the sharks and happened to say like that he's won scholarships from many. He won a million dollars of scholarships, actually. And and the Coca-Cola company as being one of those top scholarships, like the Coca-Cola Scholars Foundation. So that was pretty incredible. So you've got scholars that have a national voice and it's pretty cool when they happen to mention you. And that's just because we've stayed a part of his life, I believe. It makes a lot of sense when you're looking at it from that perspective. People go out in the world, they have careers and big missions they're fulfilling in life, right? And if at the heart they always stay connected with your organization, they'll think of you whenever they want to give back, be it as a mentor, as a board member, like you said, on a selection committee for the next generation. But as an organization, we often look at only what's immediately ahead of us, right? It's sometimes really hard for us to see the big perspective, the valuable results that we 
will get a few years down the road. And that's also a key issue. Um, building these relationships takes time. We have people involved, emotions, and we have to build trust. That's the absolute, the most important factor. And building trust takes time and it takes effort. And then you have to form those relationships over time, not just in a virtual space, but also in a physical space. You can speak to that too. You do a lot bringing people together physically as well. We do. Yeah, we start. So one common experience that all Coke scholars have is their scholars weekend. So they come to Atlanta as soon as they win the scholarship. And we have this big weekend where we just celebrate them and we do a lot of leadership development and just spending a lot of time with them, connecting with each other. And we talk a lot that weekend about the importance of this network. And I know it sounds cliche, but family we like to say we want them to see this like a second family, and, and many of them do. And that's the kickoff. And then from there, we have a lot of in-person receptions around the country in places <laughs> where there's big groups of COVID scholars. So it's mostly regional? COVID threw us into a different path of virtual <laughs> events, which we should have started a while ago. That just really blew up and has been great, a great way to connect scholars around the world. Because now a lot of our scholars live abroad, study abroad, or work in different places internationally. And so that's really helped us be able to bridge the gap and, and be, stay in touch with them as well and have them be able to feel like they're part of the network. So you're creating those shared experiences for your alumni, for <laughs> your members, and then they're going all across the globe, living in different countries. Your brand ambassadors who are out there speaking for you, in fact, you call them broadcast towers. So do those broadcast towers out there in the world, do they come together again in person or are those events only at the beginning of your and their journey together? No, they come together. It's harder for us with the international scholars. I was very blessed to speak at a, an event in London two years ago. And so I did get to host an event for our scholars there. And, and some came from Paris and Sweden and all <laughs> over to be part of that. But the cool thing is when they travel internationally, they will re it used to be that they would reach out to me. Now we have a alumni networking portal where they can look each other up and they know <laughs> if they're going to Paris, that Joyce Barahawk, our, a 2000 Coke scholar who's lived uh -huh. there for years, is going to, to entertain them. And she's just great about that. So she loves uh -huh. to meet scholars. So wherever they go in the world, if they want to meet up with other Coke scholars, they yeah. can do that because they're all over the place. And they're open to connecting with each other and supporting each other and they don't even know each other yet? It doesn't even matter if they've never met each other. It's the coolest thing. And it, and I think that's because there's a commonality. Of, mm -hmm. All Coke scholars have that. They, they know what it takes to become a Coke scholar. And so they have that in common, but also how important service and leadership have been to them in their lives. And it's just, it's so amazing. I've never heard of an experience where they didn't enjoy getting together. 
So service and leadership are so ingrained into all aspects of your scholarship and also in your alumni efforts. What type of activities, what type of programs do you have to help your members serve each other so that they're going to say, look, I'm opening my doors to you, inviting you over for dinner whenever you're in my neck of the woods, whenever you're around? Yeah, we have a lot of different things. So, yes, it starts with service and leadership when they are high school seniors. That's a big part of their application. We want to know all of the service hours and leadership hours that they've given within their communities and schools. But then it's really cool to see them continue that through life. So a lot of our events kind of circle around those two topics, Mm -hmm. you know, service and leadership. So we have a leadership summit every five years where Coke scholars come back to Atlanta Mm -hmm. and they're often our keynote speakers. And then service summits we do, we've had five of those over the years, I believe. And that's where we go to a city in the U.S. and we learn from their local government. We get to talk to the mayors and we also get to get our hands dirty and do some cleanup together. And it's so much fun. But yes, most of our events tend to be about service or leadership in some way. That sounds amazing. Carolyn, let me ask you. If an organization is interested in starting such a network, you and I know things take time and it's often really daunting to say, I have no idea where I need to start. I don't know where to go from here. I I don't have anybody who's done this before. Do you have any suggestions for them? What is it that you typically tell people who wonder how to go about starting their own alumni network? I talk to organizations about this all the time and... I get so excited just to hear that they want to do this because I know how important it is and how much value their scholars will get in their organization. I always say start small, start now and move backwards. I talk with organizations all the time that they've been around longer than we have up to 50 years in many cases, and they have thousands and thousands of scholars and they don't know where they are. And so it feels daunting. It feels overwhelming to them. And I totally get that. And to start now with the most current and active scholars and the ones that are easiest to reach and go backwards. Be patient. Know that it's going to take some time. But also ask yourself, why are we doing this? What's the purpose? Because you've got to have a reason for them to come back. So build that first. Talk to your scholars. Don't try to Don't try to guess what they are going to want. Talk to them and and ask, what can we offer you and vice versa? So what is it your scholars want? They are scholars, at least, dream very big. They have big visions and we can't always meet that. But it's great to hear what they want. And then we talk together and we have an alumni board that helps us work through that and prioritize things. And so talking to them and using them to think through that is really helpful. What's your mission? What's your vision? Make sure all of that is on the table and you know why you're doing this. I like that your scholars actually get to help shape the future for those who are coming after them. And I also like that thought of starting small now and moving backwards from there. 
That makes all a bit less daunting, doesn't it? Starting now with the 2021 cohort, 2022 cohort, those people that you know already, talking with them and involving them as you start building your network. And when people get, you know, engaged and you have more time, you can always try and reach out to those who came before, go five years back and then further and further. <laughs> In your case, Carolyn, 30 years back with tools we have today, like LinkedIn, maybe it's possible to even identify people from way back then when and see where they are today. Yes. Actually, Simona, I use LinkedIn all the time. Most of our scholars are on there. So that and Facebook and Googling their names, sometimes it's old school ways. My team laughs at me because I I get giddy excited. I have a silent party in my heart. <laughs> like, no way. I mean, it's just so fun to to get back, to reconnect with them. And they're so excited. I've never come across a scholar that's, no thanks, don't don't really want to be part of this. Because you had a true, a big impact on their lives. Sometimes I look at those big international organizations who give scholarships and, and grants. Often, once those projects are done, they never ever hear from their people again. They funded their education, their career development, and gave their grantees so much. It's a shame. You know, later on in their lives, when these grantees look back, oftentimes they know that that support was their career, their profession development. It's what made it happen and that without it, their lives would look totally different today. So I absolutely see why nobody would say, oh, I don't want to hear from you, Carolyn. I see why people would want to hear more and want to get engaged and give back. They're pretty excited because it it's, yes, there was that impact. And now they have a chance to make an impact as well as mentors and coaches to our, our new scholars as part of our selection committee and helping us choose those scholars. So once I tell them about those kind of opportunities, they usually get really excited and want to reconnect. And you also have a bunch of stories, Carolyn, where people run into each other across the world and find out that they're also Coca-Cola scholars. Yes. So one of the things, whenever a Coke scholar is has a baby or gets married, we celebrate them in our newsletters. And one year I was speaking and one of our 1992 Coke scholars, Daria Torres, she was hosting the event. And when she introduced me, she held up this little baby shirt that says future Coca-Cola scholar because her son at the time when I was speaking, he was probably around 12 or so, but she wow. had all those years and it was so important to her. And that was such a small thing. It's not a big expense on our end mm -hmm. to send those out. It really showed me how much that can mean to them. We have so many stories like this, but <laughs> we had two scholars who were studying abroad in Thailand or Vietnam, I believe, uh -huh. walking through a flea market. Every time when they come to Atlanta for Scholars Week and we give them some swag, Yeah, one is a backpack with our logo on it and the other is a t-shirt, among other things. And so they're walking through the flea market and one has a t-shirt on and one has a backpack on. And <laughs> Are you a Coca-Cola scholar? You and me, we belong together. That just makes your world so much smaller all of a sudden they were probably very alone 
in these countries, not knowing many people. And now they've got an instant connection. It was so cool. I, I just, I got really excited about that. I, I heard from two scholars yesterday, a 95 and 96 scholar who yeah. have become great friends and they're traveling to Yellowstone National Park next week together, just on vacation. And we have scholars that are married. We have eight married couples who are both Coke scholars who have gotten married. It just, the stories are endless. I just love seeing how these connections last on a personal and a professional level. You and I have talked about this before, right? Humans are social animals. We're a tribe and that's inherent in our nature. Just think back to our origins. Having networks and structures that are provided by organizations for their people is just so important. Yeah, I think I told you the other day, we create, we're created for community. I truly believe that, that we're not meant to be alone. We know the common phrase, two is better than one, but it's really true. I looked up the definition of community earlier, and basically it's people coming together that have commonalities usually. And that's once you start to discover that and you hear people's stories, you're, it just bonds you to them in some way. I think COVID was a great example of people feeling very alone, even if you're in a family of six in the same house there it's exhausting it was it because we're built for relationships it just it was hard on a lot of people and i am one because i lived by myself and i was like this is no fun for me you know <laughs> but so yeah right now it feels like i am talking to you in the same room and it's amazing what technology can do these days you're so right it doesn't have to be hard it doesn't have to be complicated it doesn't have to be expensive with technology today, right? It doesn't have to cost 20, 30, 40, 50, 100,000 dollars. We can do things like you say, a shoestring budget, right? Building community and building networks is amazing and we can do it really creatively nowadays. People, I, uh, again, I talk to scholarship providers, especially all the time or people in general that are trying to build alumni networks like this. And they look at us and say, you're Coca-Cola, you've got all this money. And we really don't. We're the, a nonprofit part of Coke. But yes, I totally understand that we may have more than many organizations. But I talk all the time with very small organizations. Mm -hmm. They can do it. You can always do this on a shoestring budget. And I'm always happy to talk to people about that. So you're a fan of every organization having an alumni program, no matter the size, no matter the background. Exactly. Corporations, nonprofits, scholarship providers. I think it's just so important because you just never know. It's hard to see into the future and to see the big picture. Luckily, our president at the time just had that foresight and knew how important this was going to be. And I came in. 12 years later and, and get to do what I get to do. It's really, it's important. You got to know where they're going. That's a good point. Know where they're today, know where they came from, and also know where they're going. So I, I one thing that our president years ago said that has really stuck with me is one day a Koch scholar is going to be the next president of the United States. And we already have a U.S. senator 
it's going to happen. I truly believe it. And we have such talented scholars. So I, if we don't have a relationship with them, then shame on us. It's that simple to me. Yeah. Talk about a national voice. That person will have the highest national voice. And so you've got to be on their radar. And it's important to make sure that your constituents, your scholars, put your organization on their resume, on their websites, and things like that. And they will if you establish that from the beginning, if you talk to them about the importance of this network and community and what they're part of. I so agree, especially for small organizations, right? They're always wondering, how can I afford this? How can I afford the network? And in reality, the question instead should be, how can you not afford to? Because the truth is, you never know what's going to happen in the future. Your next scholar could be the future president of your country. Yeah, it's crazy. I know. Let me switch gear a little bit, Carolyn. In the for-profit world, return on investment is key when organizations are looking at resources spent. For you, you talk about return on engagement when you're justifying the time and the funds that go into managing the alumni network. Yes, I love, I actually did a session on this several years ago at our National Scholarship Providers Association Conference. It's hard to measure relationships. So that's something we hear a lot with organizations like ours is how do you measure that engagement? But we're learning more and more how to do that. And one of the things we're working on right now is developing a roadmap of alumni engagement. Mm -hmm. So from beginning to end, what does that look like? And how can you progress as an active alumni and be part of this network? And do we assign points to it and that kind of stuff? So we're Mm -hmm. working on that now. And think about the value that it brings to them as well. We have an access to an exclusive network of like-minded peers. Mm -hmm. Some of them have gotten jobs out of this, career advancement opportunities. We've got scholars, a team of five at Nike in Portland, who are all co-scholars on one team together. That's amazing. They hired the person that was at the senior level, hired the other four, and it's just, That kind of stuff happens pretty often. They're mentors and coaches to each other. We have a coaching program for our incoming scholars where the alumni can coach the younger ones, the new class of scholars. And we really work hard at celebrating their successes and happy times in their life as well. Think about from beginning to end, what does that look like? And how can can you measure it for your organization that makes sense for your mission and, and what you all stand for. Very good. Measure the engagement and measure the involvement of people. Exactly. Carolyn, how can people learn more if they want to know more? I would just say, if you want to be inspired, go to our website, coca-colascholars.org. Listen to our podcast called The SIP. Search for Coke Scholars anywhere you listen to podcasts. The stories are incredible. Follow us on at Coke Scholars on Instagram. Our communications director does a great job of getting those stories out there. It, it, they're inspiring. They will inspire you. 
You have a wonderful podcast. It's really good to hear from the people directly, from the people themselves, and learn what their experiences were and how you've impacted their lives. Yeah, it's so fun. We started that during the pandemic, too. We didn't realize how valuable that could be. That's actually a really perfect example for what happens in networks, right? Networks always iterate. They're always growing and always changing. That's the only thing that we really know for sure working with networks. Yes. Oh, I like that. Simona, that's a good one. <laughs> on that note, Carolyn, please let me thank you for being on the show today. It was really wonderful to have you. And, you know, I always look forward to chatting with you. Me too. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Building Community Podcast. Is there a leader in your organization or network who needs to hear this? Please share this podcast with them. Help get the word out about the immense value of community. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe, tell a friend, and leave us a review. Until next time, help your communities thrive.